Toronto and uh, uh, actually, actually uh, revising it, we will remember that uh, we talk about uh, not keeping, praise the Lord, hallelujah. We, we talk about, uh, uh, no, uh, we have talked about intimacy, praise the, praise the Lord. So where we stopped last week is what I want to, where, where I'm trying to tell my dear to show me that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, uh, so now we, so we talk about adultery last week very explicitly. Um, so uh, we talk about adultery and that last week we talk about uh, I mean, what, what make fences, what make fences to collapse. So we said last week that adultery starts from lust, that, that if you can arrest lust through uh, adultery through, I mean, through the stage of lust, at the stage of lust, where it starts from. So I would have, well, with that, there will be Every one of us is tempted when we are drawn by our own lust. Our own lust, meaning that lust is in every man. The Bible said it. I will believe the Bible. Don't believe any other thing. The Bible confirmed that our own lust, your own lust, which means everybody has what is called his own lust. And we said last week that it's not always Satan, Satan, Satan that uh, even anything that the enemy do, he do it because of the seed that is there. He wouldn't come empty. He had already made his own work and sees that there is this instrument that he can use to, he can use to his own, uh, uh, to, to his own uh, advantage against us and if you and there he, you know that it was the devil who planted lust you understand man seriously in that area it's the one who planted it he knew what was in the heart what was in the fruit before he came into death and the way he brought them and the inspiration that he took and that, that that he put inside of that uh fruit to them to lead to, 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 to lust after it to desire it uh and then to have it. So then it was the devil who planted that. We should understand that the devil understands the language of lust. And he know what lust is. Hallelujah. May the Lord pause. He know what lust is. And if the devil know what lust is. And is using it as instrument against us. Because it's, that is his best instrument. So any one of us who will not be arrested through loss from the devil. Or who can conquer lust can conquer adultery. So that's why we said last week that adultery starts from lust. We should arrest it. We should deal with it. Deal with ourselves. Deal with our own lust. We should own our own lust and cry unto the Lord that the Lord will help us. Because anywhere, anyhow, there is no woman. Praise the Lord. Yes. There is no, there is, there is no man, there is no woman on that here that doesn't have eyes to see. If I, we thank God because 
there are some ministers of God that I saw and that I know that the Lord gave them blindness <laughs> and they are still in ministry. And one of them spoke to me that the reason why the Lord gave him blindness was that because of his eyes that sees human. That she he too is a very handsome blind, blind minister. So, <laughs> so she is a very, is a very handsome And you will see his eyes open like this, and you know, not, you don't know that he's blind. I can't see anything, but he's so, so handsome. Hallelujah. Which means that women will have been whatever. So the Lord gave him blindness because of that. There are a lot of, there are some of them like that. But we thank God we will not be blind before we conquer, because before we conquer lost. That's what she, he told me. He said the Lord spoke to him about the issue of woman. That he, she, he will have problem with woman. Huh? And the Lord, uh, he was not blind before. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Oh well. <laughs> that, that, so you can conquer without being blind. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. For you to know how uh, how, how uh, devastating uh, loss is to ministry, even to everything. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. So we will really dwell on the issue of uh, uh, adultery last week. That, that, at that last week also, we talk about uh, the fact that when it boils up or it's, it, it grows into, I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean for the, uh, what do you call it? Lost. When it, it, it snowballed into adultery, we are making mention of adultery because we, we, are, it's not, uh, we are not talking about. Uh, Fornication now. Fornication is uh, uh, is kind of general as of the both for those that are married. So who have wife and had husband that is answering uh, their name and they are the answering name of we must know what we must not go extra into extra marital affair outside God outside God. No way possible Jesus name. So uh, last week, also it, she talked about if you are, what is the meaning of adultery. That is something that contaminates. Meaning of the adultery is contaminate, contamination, contaminates, contaminates, make impure, defile. So that's the meaning of uh, something that contaminates or make impure, make impure or defile or defies. Anything that weakens or contaminates the exclusivity, ex- exclusivity of our marriage. Marriage vows. God bless you. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm looking at our note here. God bless you. And then we talk about uh, flesh gratification. Hmm? Hallelujah. So, flesh gratification. Yes. God bless you. So, and uh, all right. God bless you. You can talk about that when you finish, when you begin now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, talk, last week she talked about the uh, issue of uh, less gratification, not considering. And then, when you talk about that, I was, I was hearing the message also on this issue of less gratification, gratification. I found out that. Every man have to deal with his ego, because the ego, that uh, the ego is, is, a, is a kind of uh, 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 the, the issue of the flesh. The 
aware, she talked about it last week also. You go, you know nothing about uh, about uh, others' happiness. He just want to be. He just want to prove himself right, and the only person that is that knows better, and he does not want to be touched. No want his uh, his uh, ego to be what he didn't want his worth to be to fall to the ground, whether whatever it is. So that ego also uh, is one of is one problem that we have to deal with in family because families because there are a lot of men who are who are out there that want to dominate their wife because they are men because they are male. So, and they have that ego that even if their wife or their spouse speaks anything that is not in their area in, in line with their, with, their, with, their, with their own opinion or whatever they will not want to welcome the other's opinion so that ego is really uh, breaking fence of marriage I think uh, we, we have to, do, to dwell a little on that issue of ego today so because ego is of the devil yeah this is okay he says sugar coated name for pride hallelujah so ego is pride and anyway in pride there is selfishness there is desire to please oneself there is lack of respect to others idea ego there is there is selfishness hallelujah like we said so uh, and in ego also we find non-openness so keeping secrets ah me you say this to her ah, uh, and things like that so and there are a lot of these uh, uh of this family out there that uh that have the problem with their spouses this area of ego. So, uh, we don't want, we want to welcome the idea of the other. You are the only one that is that, that, that is wiser. And you are ever right. And your spouse idea is a dirty idea. And then, so, and, and also, you have to be careful about that. So, now, on that issue of ego, let us let us pay attention to that one because uh, the Lord did not. It is, let me tell you that anything ego is of the devil. Uh, the devil has pride, and we know pride is of the devil from the beginning, and we know it. So whenever there is any uh, ego in our like in our in our in our character, in our relationship with our spouse, so let us. Let us, let, 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 let us be uh, called to the order. Uh, to, 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 let us call ourselves to order so that we know how to undo ourselves and make uh, and prepare ourselves personally as spouses to begin to yield onto the ideas of others and consider the ideas of others. And if you know you are having a problem of ego, you can pray in. You can pray about it if you are a Christian. And you are you are spirit filled. In fact, the Holy Spirit does not uh, is not uh, proud. The Holy Spirit is humble. You know, even the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it speaks gently. So, so 
showing the character of the Holy Spirit. So whenever you see all this uh, shouting and yelling on one another, the ego is speaking and uh, selfishness is speaking there. Yes, gratification of flesh is speaking there. That last week we talked about gratification of flesh. Seriously, that is uh, uh, all these all these uh, things that 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 you more that things that you think that you say must have for you, and you cannot just do without having them. Not even considering your spouse for having such thing. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Just to gratify yourself, you are uh, making your spouse unhappy. So all this passion, all these things that, all these things you must have, all these, uh, just mention them. I think she, 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 she will uh, dwell on that a little more as she starts now. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, today, I pray that the Lord himself will teach us in the name of Jesus. The Lord himself will teach us in Jesus' name. I say the Lord will himself will teach us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She is here. My sister is here who will teach us the word of God. And I know we are all ready to listen to her. Uh, as she continues, I too I will be coming in. Uh, because it's going to be a kind of a, a discussant uh, program. So we are going to, Lord, we help us today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. My dear, I will unmute you here right now. Then you can begin to talk. God bless you. Are you ready? You're welcome, people of God, to God that have not called you in vain. We bless you tremendously. Actually, we may not be able to revise everything because we talk much as the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit speaks through us. But in case we go to any issue, it's because the Holy Spirit still wanted to stress something. But as Adnabra Paul has said a lot of things about what we have done in the past in terms of just download our messages and you save the past messages on how we can mend things that are broken in the family relationship. And even prevent the fence from breaking. We can prevent it from breaking and we can fortify it to be stronger. Yeah. This is the essence of this topic we're putting across. Because according to Malachi chapter 2 verse 15, God hates diverse. He wants us everybody to walk tooth, nail, every power, every strength in you to make it work. Because God himself initiated and is interested in marriage. Many of us went into it without knowing what it entails. Many of us, when we were too young, many of us, when we don't have any experience about anything, marriage, we just think, I love you, I like you, the next thing is bed, pregnancy, children, we don't even know. I see one drifting in the sea. Marriage is deep. Marriage is wide. Marriage is high. It's God's heartbeat. It's spiritual. It's a ministry. Yeah. So please, even if you have made a mistake, God can still help you and make amends of things wrong. 
So he was talking about ego, ego, ego. I just want to say, ego is a sugar-coated name for pride. And the, anybody that is having, that is egoistic is devilish. Everyone that wants to defend whatever he has said to stand and not accepting another person's idea, always on the defensive side of God, that that idea should not be thrown away. You are a partner to the devil. And you knew what happened to the devil. It was pride that the, the, the fire, fire burning with brimstone, sulfur was created because of his pride. So please, you are not in a good camp. The camp and be sober. Uh, this is what First uh, uh, Peter 5 is advising you because we are not talking out of the Bible. The Bible is everything to us. And it is word that we judge you at the end of the day according to uh, Jesus in Gospel according to John chapter 8. The, the First Peter 5 by the Holy Spirit is advising you in verse 5. First Peter 5 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Do you know all of us are children in the hand of God? Do you know the male and the female carrying the likeness of God in us? We are we are we are carrying the same grace by grace we are saved. Especially if it is a family, a Christian family. Whatever you think the woman is, Jesus has delivered her from it. So we are carrying the same grace. Her idea should be respected. And that doesn't mean the woman too should, should now be egoistic and proud for whatever reason. Everyone should submit to one another. We should submit to one another. That is what Ephesians 5, 21. That in the fear of God, the woman should submit, the man should submit. You are not submitting to that person. You are submitting in the fear of God. You, because you fear God. That's why you're hoping that. So that somebody's idea is respected. However foolish the idea is. Not having any substance, not having sense in it. Give listening ears, as we have said. Then reply in love. Throw more light to make the husband or the wife realize that this idea that is coming now is better than mine. On her own volition, she will submit her idea to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the wiser one. It's not you rubbishing that idea. It will always bring defense if you do that. So God bless us. So ego, there's nothing called ego but pride. But First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Even in that marriage, even in that union, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Be sober, verse 8. Be vigilant, because the adversary as the royal and workers about seeking whom he devour. Do you know that you should resist the devil, resist the fast in faith, the devil, knowing that the affliction... So what we're saying in essence is that if you keep on being egoistic, you are in the camp of the enemy and God will resist you. Do you know what it means for God to resist you? I'm looking at, I, I was looking for this place when God, it is the God that will resist the pride, the proud. 
God receives the proud. That is your your blessing is coming your way. God Himself will double cross it and say it will not reach you. Because He sees the pride and far off. But He, he pays obeisance to the humble. Be like Jesus. Receive the grace to have that nature. Even in, in your marriage, in your union. Consider your wife the likeness of God. Consider your husband the likeness of God. Don't, don't, don't relegate whosoever in that marriage. Everybody is in the likeness of God. If you give him the proper respect, you are respecting the likeness of God in him. If you give her the proper respect, you are respecting the likeness of God in her. And God will surely reward you. And before you know it, peace permeates that family and there is joy. Your friends will, will be stronger and stronger, not to be penetrated by the devil. And by and by, you conquer and chase 10,000. That is the mind of God for you. It will not be a good thing for you to be egoistic and God start to resist you. Your blessing is coming, it stands on your way. No pastor can settle that. In fact, no minister of God can pray for you when God resists you. So, okay, verse 5, 1 Peter 5, 5. He said, be clothed with humility. That was 5B there. Be clothed with humility for God resisted the proud. Anything egoistic in you, you are always on guard to protect your own idea as if you are in a competition. In the home, as if you are in a competition, what upset should stand? What upset should stand? Nothing can rubbish it. Your own is thrown off. It's not accepted. And you keep on. Are you in a competition? You are in a union. You are in a relationship that God is, God is interested in. Where humility should permeate the, 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 the atmosphere. If you're proud and egoistic, God will resist you. Your blessing will be resisted. Everything about you, God will look at, at you afar off. And that, is, that can be very bad of you. So please, when there is ego, and the partner knows you're always, you're not, you're inconsiderate. You're 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 only after your own thing. Before you know it, the fence is broken. Before you know it, there will be social withdrawal. The other will start to withdraw from the other. No openness anymore. No diverging of my mind to you. You know some other things will crawl in, and before you know it, everything scatter, scatter, nya, 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 nya. That's not the wish of God for that marriage. The Lord will help you to deal with that ego. Don't call it ego, it is pride. And if it is proud, if it is pride, it is of the devil. God bless you. And uh, we talked much last week about adultery. Please. Hmm. There are dangers. There are dangers when things are broken down by any of, of these things that are being highlighted. Especially adultery. It will bring feelings of betrayal. We have said so much. It will bring feelings of betrayal. It will bring anger, resentment, anxiety, depression, emotional trauma that can lead to mental malfunctioning in one in the other partner affected. It's as bad as that. You know, betrayal of trust, betrayal of love, betrayal of can turn the head of the other one to another thing brings insanity. Because the trauma he or she will be going through will be too much. And when, when there is infidelity, there is no more trust. And it can even bring shame. The other person involved will be shameful, guilty. Then he starts to withdraw himself. The other two that is offended, that is, that is 
will be withdrawing. Before you know it, the children will notice it and the whole family is in chaos, in rioters and scattered. Please, you can stay in humility, in soberness, in, 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 in remorsefulness. Call the partner, confess your sin, plead for forgiveness. And the other should remember that if you don't forgive, uh, your own forgiveness will be withdrawn and no heavy for you. So you can go on your knees for hours and say, Jesus, I can't do it myself. This is so hurtful. This is too much for me. There is a way he gives you grace to do what you alone cannot do. It's not too much. There is no level where your friend, uh, where your friend, how much your friends have broken that Jesus cannot help you to mend. If only the other one will be humble and the other one is ready to forgive. The other one is ready to ask for forgiveness. There's no level. And humility, humility, it can settle things. And law will come back before you know. And since there is proper and genuine repentance, that fence will be strong again in Jesus' name. So please, please, enough of what infidelity and faithfulness in marriage has done to the society, to the home, to the children, and all over, please. God is pleading enough that you reconcile with your God, you settle everything and come back and make your marriage what it should be. So please, we have said much about uh, all these things. Uh, please, when, 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 you know, when you fidelity this sentence, you will not more sympathize with your, with your, with your, with your, with your partner. Uh, we already know there will be no trust. You cannot respect him or her the way you used to do, and things will start to fall apart. No. The center must hold. Jesus is the center. You can still bring it together. There's nothing too much for him to do. God bless you as you make amends and take steps towards the positive side as the Lord is turning to you. Please, we wanted to talk about, we were talking about, we talked about badness. Hmm. And we have said little about that, but the little we have said, if only you can meditate on it, is much. That children in a marriage is an addendum. The two of you, you are a complete church to church to to set to 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 set to to, to chase ten thousand. You are a complete church. The Bible says, "When two shall touch, heaven will do." The heaven is the Trinity. When the two of you without children touch it, heaven does. Then you are a complete church to move mountains for God and to bless the earth through you. You are a blessing to the whole world. If the two of you are one in thought, one in idea, one in every way, one plus one is one in you. There's nothing you cannot do. So because you are, a complete, you are complete already, children are just added blessing. Uh, barrenness or delay or whatever you call it should not cause should not cause divorce should not cause you to be separated should not make the the family the, the fence to break down and things like that and please since god says until that do you part you cannot go out of it and you cannot practice extramarital marital anything no child's cheeks you keep on begging god please Add this blessing unto me until he desires on his evolution. And you pray together and be strong together until he answers. And since he has promised, I will say that none of you will be barren. 
in, in, in Deuteronomy 7:14, he has said, "None of you will miscarry." In Exodus 23:23, believe him his word that he is not above his name. He is watching over the world to perform it. He will never fail you. He's only looking for faith and trust to the last minute in you. Surely you have your own children. And he will renew your age to enjoy them to the fourth generation, as he did unto Job in the last verse there, in the last chapter and around the last verse there. So God is God. There's nothing he cannot do. So please, all these things, barrenness, delays, separating you, causing you to have extra marital, having children outside the marriage and things like that should not be. If it had happened, you can still correct it. You can still mend your offense again. Call Jesus into it. Be sober, ask for forgiveness, and things will go well. God bless you. Amen. Then we were able to, we wanted to uh, mention lack of commitment by the time our time was fast spent there. Lack of committed. You see, committed, co when we talk about two in, in, in a business, God is expecting the one to, to do all he or she could do to make it work, and vice versa. The man to put in everything to make the marriage work as if it is my ministry. The other says, it is my ministry. And whom are you pleasing in the ministry? The initiator, the owner of the ministry, that is God. If it is you are doing everything, putting everything, spending money, spending energy, time, everything, day and night, because you're working for your God, you get your reward from God, then no one will ask you to do anything before you, you do it. Because you are doing it unto God. Actually, marriage is the first ministry on which all other ministries are based. No, no success in marriage, you cannot succeed in any other ministry. The devil will even be accusing you, as he used to accuse my brother, until God vindicated him. So what I'm saying, you must have heard him say that before. So what I'm saying is that if it is a ministry that God is instead and it's, it's one of the things you will account for on the reckoning day, then take it personal, muscular, and spiritual. As if that marriage should work, and the working of it is on you alone. The other two should be regarding that way. Before you know it, everything will be smooth. So be committed to your, to your marriage. Be committed to your marriage. Many of us made mistakes in the past because we see it as love you, love you, having children, and living under a home, no commitment. Please. It breaks down the fence. It is still breaking it. You continue to break it. You don't see it as the ministry. And do everything to make it work because it is of God. The Lord will help you. Amen. You see, if you want to be so committed in that marriage, you will be looking for way, every, every way to be kind to your partner every day. It's a deliberate effort that I must show kindness today to my partner. Absence of everyday kindness is equal to lack of commitment and breaking offense. Uh, part of the commitment is that communication must flow in this house. Even when we offend each other, the sun will not go down on it. It's part of commitment. And the Lord will help you as you make efforts to make everything work in Jesus' name. Then, if you want to be committed, you are ready to compromise. Compromise in the sense that even when his or her idea is not palatable to you, you bend at least to the middle.
opinion. Leave your experience and come to the middle. Let him leave the experience and come to the middle. Then there is compromise, a little bending, and things will work out well. Enduring each other, persevering, praying along until God sees what you want to see in that marriage. So you must be committed. And when children are there, hmm, commitment of higher degree is involved in every way, in every way. The Lord will help us and help me too. Whatever I own is not my own. And whatever the other owns is not his own. Money, house, clothes, anything, anything. When you see it that way, this one can use my own. I can use his own. Okay. If you don't see this one as your own, that one as his own, Things will move. Even when the children are there, uh, it's a unism even in spending. The Lord will help us. This is hard on some people because in, in my language, we say, that is, the air in the nose cannot be easily pulled out. That is, money is like the air in the nose. But God wants a Christian marriage to to jettison that kind of idea that you can easily release everything you have to the partner and the partner find joy in releasing his, his own too to make things work in the family. It may be a burden to one, but the other one that is, it is a burden on should go to God. This thing is heaven on me. Because he doesn't see the partner as the body. He sees God as giving that assignment. Then you now go to God. This is the assignment you are giving to me. And your promise is that whatever I lay my hand upon shall prosper. You will solve it. This is my marriage. The, the, the expenses is getting too much on me. Be it a female or male. Go to God. It's getting too much on me. God, uh, lift my partner's head. Or you can say, provide more for me to the extent I don't even feel I'm spending anything. There's nothing too, too little to put into prayer. And there's nothing too much. So instead of complaining and uh, being touchy and doing some other things that will bring uh, arguments and don't make the somehow chaotic, go to God. Since you see it as a ministry, you have to say, God, provide for my needs to take care of this ministry in my hand. And the Lord uh, is, a, is, a, is a caring, compassionate, gracious God. He will do that. And uh, I, I, I never knew this before. I see it as a... In fact, but by the time I start to go to God and say, God, this is my ministry. I need this, I need that, I need that, I need that. He's lighting up and say, just cast it upon me. I know what to do. Whereas before, I saw the body and I was kind of touchy. I was kind of rejecting even some things and said, this is not for me. It's too much for me. But since I've learned to go to God in prayer, everything is light on my heart. Because I've cast the body upon him and he's caring for that. So God bless you. Uh, it may be the wife that God is providing for. It doesn't matter. What you have is his. Maybe the, the husband, what you have is hers. So when you see it that way, and whatever you spend to make that marriage work, because in, in the cause of commitment, it is unto the Lord as a ministry. So it's better we see it as a ministry to make things easy for us. And we don't see the other not doing certain things, and therefore 
quarreling. You see it as God work in my hand. I want to spend my life, my blood, my finances, everything I have in it. And when you are lacking, go to the source. Go to the owner of the ministry. As long, when, once you are able to see that, you will not be touchy again. You know, you not even see the partner, either, either he or she does anything or not. You just go to God and pray. And I trust him because he knows it is his ministry in your hand. God bless you. So I want to talk about, I don't want to belabor anything. I wish I can finish everything today. So I want to talk about uh, this constant arguing and conflict. It could be that <clears throat> it, it, it must have grown to the extent that you have discovered you are not compatible. Or you are, you cannot reconcile anything and reach an agreement. The, the, it, it is, resolve, res, res, resolving conflict is ever difficult. It therefore constant argue, constant conflict. Do you know that if you are not born again, if you accept Jesus in your boat today, he can make the two of you compatible because there's nothing he cannot do. Jesus can create what does not exist and give it life. I read it in the holy book. It's not my Bible. I read it in the holy book that he created a bird with clay that, that is not even existing, breathed into it, and the thing flew away. So, your incompatibility, God can take you to his quarry. Maybe when you're sleeping, he can do it in any way. Take the two of you to his quarry, break you into pieces, such that no cell remains on each other. Then, remote you to fit each other. This is God. That which is not existing, will just speak and it will come to power. It will come to existence. Or he decide to create it. Is it possible, impossible for him to create it? You are not compatible. You have discovered in many ways that things about you are not the same. And you think uh, the, thing, the, the, the next thing is constant arguing, conflict, uh, uh, chaos, all this. Go to God in prayer, the creator. Invite Jesus into your boat. Accept him as Lord and Savior. Give your heart to him and your life. He can recreate you to fit each other. Is it not God? There's nothing he cannot do. So please, there's no condition. There's no how far your fence is broken. There's no condition your marriage is. And we are never compatible. Our blood is not even the same. Do you know Jesus has found SS to AA? There are testimony about it. What about that? And this about us is not compatible. And it's not possible. It is unto man that is not possible. But unto God, all things are possible. Just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Convince yourself and forsake. Invite him to your heart. Take him as your Lord and Savior. Present your case to him. And you'll be surprised what he can do. And we, we, there's no way we can ever reach an agreement. That is man talking. It's not Jesus. It's not God. So that is the solution. So this constant arguing and this conflict can be resolved by God. Because it, is, it will not all go well for a family to continue doing that. In fact, be tired of it because God is not pleased with that. That is the assignment, his ministry in your hand. Ever argue, ever conflict. God will never abide where there is conflict. He's ever abiding where we have peace and love. So you can still do it individually, invite Christ, give your life to him, then present each other, go, go together before God, he will do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I like that uh, issue on this issue of compatibility. This issue of compatibility is one, 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 one problem too many in the family. Breaking fences. It's breaking fences. But the moment you believe that you are not compatible after entering into the beginning of marriage together, it's a problem. Because getting out of it, it's not, your it's not, it's not easy anymore. You can't do it. The issue of compatibility should be checked before you even get married. Yes. The problem that we are having today is that we enter into marriage with that with rush. And we rush into marriage. And those of us that are rushing into marriage are rushing out easily also. Because, because if you, you think, think it is easy to enter into marriage, just enter it, 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 it,
you are in Christ, both of you, and Christ is ruling inside of you, there will be this Christ living on the inside of both of you, living his own life, correcting all those things that are being, because the essence of being born again is to, to come out of the old lives, the old nature, the old character, the old virtue that we resist, and receiving receiving new virtue of Christ. And each of you here, as I use the word playing Christ, you are living in Christ. Praise the Lord. Uh, so now, MHM, you see, uh, before you are born again, my, my, my contribution to what she's saying is that before you are born again is when you set to the issue of compatibility. Before in courtship. In courtship. Sorry. Before you are before you are married. Sorry, I'm very sorry. Before you are married is when you should settle the issue of incompatibility. Thank you, my dear. So if you don't settle the issue of compatibility, don't don't it doesn't matter whether you are born whether you are born again or not. Because the issue when you find that you are not compatible with one thing or the other and then yes. And you are all born again, both of you are as if that may be a signal to you that you are not born of bones. You are not born of bones. Of flesh of flesh. Of flesh of flesh. <laughs> because uh, it is good when you are still at the courtship stage, you find your wife or your husband to be not agreeing with you in your own opinion. You, you find, find that, that whatever you like is what she dislikes, or whatever, whatever he likes is what, uh, what uh, he dislikes, then if you live maybe for about one year in courtship and you cannot still agree, hey, no, Mario. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, Mario. Because you have already set a claim before you get into marriage. And, and that play will continue to go on. Eh? You better agree very well on that different opinions from yours together and ask yourself how do we manage this, this issue when we get married? How are we going to manage this issue? How, how do we address this matter of these areas of incompatibility before we enter? You can discuss together. If you can agree together and both of you and keep your agreement. She added it here. And keep it to your agreement. It is then that we can say you are compatible to marry. You are compatible enough to marry. But wherever you are in courtship and you are always fighting, you are always forget about the issue of being born again. You will be saved if you are, are not compatible, you are not compatible. Because, because it, is not, it is not that I am, I am born again, then my spouse has yes, to be born of Christ. Christ. I know. <laughs> no, Christ is not carnal. But your yes, husband or your wife to be may be carnal. Hallelujah. So the Lord was in Jesus' name. This issue of compatibility is a serious issue. That's why I just speak it up immediately. Because you want to speak about other things, leave that issue. That's why I touched I said, let me contribute a little there because I find that the issue of compatibility is what is breaking the sense of marriage.
it's just impossible for you to agree. That is a problem that we must not bring into your marriage. So, and we have said it that even if you are married, it is only then that you know that you are not compatible after you marry. You don't know the condition that took you to the only person that can help you out is Jesus. So, she referred you to Jesus. She referred you to Jesus. Both of you that you are married but you are not compatible, then bring Jesus in. And you are both of you are the offender because you don't point to one of you as if she's the troublemaker or that or he is the troublemaker of the family. Both of you are making trouble. If you enter into that marriage without Christ in your life and without maybe rushing to the marriage. You, you cannot, cannot, you cannot, cannot blame, blame anyone of yourselves among you. Being wrong and being problematic. And none of you is better. None of you is good. Just register like that that what you needed first is Christ. That is why he she introduced you to Christ. The moment Christ takes over your life individually or together. I, I can even recommend Christ, and I, I also, also am recommending Christ, Christ for you. Both, Both of you can, can hold yourself right now. Yeah. I, I, I think let Christ live in us now. We, we have, have to consult Jesus Christ. Christ. We, are, we, we have, have children, children already, and we can't leave these children. children. Let, Let me convince that I didn't have, have Christ, and you didn't have Christ. So both of us did not have Christ. So that if Christ is sitting on the side of us, he will help us deal with this issue of incompatibility. Be humble and submitting. If both of you can humble yourself and submit yourself to yourself to the fear of God, in the fear of God, Christ may look into that, and is a great, is a great physician who can make and remove things that are rotten and bad and whatever. So the issue of incompatibility in marriage. Should be dealt with squarely before you get married. And provide, I mean, and we have said it now. That if you have anything to do with the marriage, you should be dead and find out who is Jesus Christ. Your only solution is who is Jesus Christ. Both of you should consult Jesus, get Jesus on the inside of you. And number two, another one that I want to say about the issue of incompatibility is this. Now, if, I know, this is number two now. So, before you continue, my dear. Unbelieving, sorry. Unbelieving husband and unbelieving wife. Thank you for that, uh, for correcting me. Amen. So, if you have an unbelieving husband, and you have an unbelieving husband, and you have an unbelieving wife or unbelieving husband, then what should you do in that area? Now, of course, the Bible said it, that if your unbeliever wife or husband, or unbelieving wife or husband, still want to live with you, say you should not do what? You should not leave him or her. You can just continue to live together. That you, what Corinthians chapter 7 said that? Uh, and then the children will be sanctified. So that is the condition that the Bible says if 
both of you are not with me that you are not uh, spiritually compatible or you are not religiously compatible in that case what doctor did in her own case because she had previously a, an unbelieving husband she spent all her marriage years of 35 to do what to seek for the deliverance and the salvation of the spouse and it seems as if nothing will happen until the time that the that the lord is about to take to, 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 to take uh to take her to take him home hallelujah and the lord answered for that years thank god for thank god for her for having that grace to wait May the Lord us in Jesus' name. If the if the unbelieving or incompatible spiritual spiritually incompatible spouse is still living with you, and you are the one the believer, then it means that we have said it often here that it means you have received a ministry on your spouse. Whatever made you to know Christ, and he or she had not known Christ. Mean it, it tells you that you are the one that is going before him or her before the Lord to bring her to the same where you are. May the Lord pass in Jesus' name. I remember the story of Pilgrim Progress about Christian and Christiana. Christian was the first one that went on the journey uh, to Canaan land. And then he, he, she he wanted Christiana to go with him. The Christiana said no. He didn't see the reason why he should leave this uh, this city, because as as Christian saw in the vision that this city was about to burn with fire, it's about to be burned with fire. She didn't believe. It was later, later because Christian, the Christian, Christian being the husband, also walked steadily with Christ and. He became a good disciple of Christ thereafter. If you are really discipled by Christ, to disciple your unbelieving spouse will not be difficult. The problem we are having today is that those of you that is having an unbelieving husband, that is, or spouse rather, that is still staying with you, that had never depart from you, you know the Bible quoted it. He said, if the unbeliever want to stay with you. Let her be. Or let it be. Amen. But if he or she did not want to stay with you, then you are free. If she leaves or he leaves. Praise the Lord. So many of us did not consider that. If the unbeliever leave you and say, no, he can't live with you anymore. You have nothing to do anymore. You are free. But for him who is there with you or how who is there with you, you have received a ministry that you must succeed in. And I pray you will succeed in the name of Jesus. Because it is then that when you, come, when you, when you are spiritually compatible, both of you are in Christ, that Christ will be, will be controlling your life both. But if you too, that is an, a believing husband or wife, is disciple really by Christ, it will, be, it will be easier. That is my summary. It, is, it will be easier for Christ to come in and bring in your, your spouse also to be compatible with you. May the Lord pass on this area of the issue of incompatibility. Please continue there. Was the Christian able to bring Christiana later? 
Yes, Christian was able to bring Christiana later. Christiana himself, I mean, because Christiana herself saw what Christian saw. What prompted Christian? The reason why Christiana uh, repented or changed her mind was that Christian, the Christian did not have any other spouse anywhere than Christ Jesus. Having been married to Jesus, huh? Jesus also married Christiana. Do you understand what I mean now? Jesus himself huh? married Christiana because Jesus Christ saw Christiana inside of Christian. Christ, Christ himself saw that without Christian, without Christiana, Christian is, is incomplete. So Christ himself looked for Christiana. That's why I said. If you want your, your spouse to change, be disciple for, for Christ himself. Yes, Yourself. When you are disciple by Christ, Christ will see the reason why you are not to be alone. And he will look for your Christiana. Amen. For you anywhere that, is, that she is. She will give him, um, Jesus Christ will give her the same vision or give him the same vision that you see or reason why you see that you see that made you to follow Christ. Then it will be at that time it will be the it will be the pure work of Christ to bring your spouse to Himself. That's what what happened to my to my sister. She can give you that testimony of her life, of her marital life in the past because she's a widow. She was a she's a widow. <laughs> Hallelujah. She was a widow. Huh? Amen. In Jesus' name. Continue there. <laughs> she's loving you. Is not chasing you away. Wants to live with you. You continue to live and pray and pray and pray until God intervenes. In whichever way He wants to do it, He knows what to do. Because you're faithful, you're steadfast, you're not having another person anywhere. He knows what to do to relieve you or to help you. Huh? God bless you. I'm not in the mood of hearing that uh, testimony now, so I want to continue. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to finish this thing today. Because uh, Somebody may be asking you a question. Excuse me. I'm very sorry. Because both of us, we had past experiences in marriage. Yes, yes. And I had, well, my, my spouse left me and abandoned me because she didn't believe in what I believed. She always see the contrary things to what I. Anything I say about God, she will not see it. In fact, she will not see the positive side of me. It's always negative. And whereas I am what? I am fully loaded in, I mean, with, with the Holy Ghost. What, I, what will I say now? Uh, possessed by the Holy Spirit before we got married. Of course, I married her as an unbeliever, trying to win her to Christ. Before we get married, we enter into the marriage uh, because she, being a non-believer, when I want to win her, was not one, but she won me into marriage. Huh? She won me into marriage with her. Whereas I've not won her for Christ before I married her. Now, when, when, I, when we were living together and she has won me into marriage, through pregnancy, hallelujah. What, what, uh, that was sin that I committed that the Lord dealt with me apart for many years. Hallelujah. Until the Lord himself delivered me. 
you know, I committed sin of uh, marrying somebody, rushing into the marriage, being warned by an unbeliever. Of course, I did not become an unbeliever, all right? But what I did for bringing her inside my, of my house without being born again huh, was not good enough. Well, so it's, it's against the purpose of the Lord. And do you know what I wanted, I wanted to do? To win her after marriage. But before marriage, she has won me. Hmm? <laughs> true laws, I mean, uh, youthful laws at that time, was in Jesus' name. So after being won, the Lord himself, who, who had already saved me, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, but not knowing that it was the enemy that even sent her on my way in order for me to be won onto their side. It's a long story, very, very long story. But the Lord will have delivered me. Then when she left house, after 16 years of marriage, she left. 16 years of incompatibility spiritually, physically, whatever, in every way. Again, man, well, I was a pastor day. Pastor friend rose up against, against our going. They went, even some of my friends went to their family house. They said, no, no more. He has found another person. That is, a, that is another case. She went immediately. She left my house. Even from my, from my house, she went with another person. And I wanted to bring her back by all means. The Lord, until one day, the Lord stopped me. I was praying for her. The Lord stopped me. He said, no, leave her. It's from us. When I heard it's from us, after that, I still tried. Not even hearing that the Lord said it was from him. It was when I was trying again to bring her, bring her. That the Lord now really stopped me, and I stopped myself also from that time. Then the Lord began to build a new, uh, what do I call it? New empire, new garden for my marriage. From then, the Lord was looking for spouse for me. Huh? For, because I didn't leave Christ. I was still burning for the Lord throughout the marriage. That's why I said marriage is spiritual. If you want to win, uh, in, spirit, in spiritual, I mean, in marriage, you must be spiritual and you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. I think you can continue. Maybe I have already clarified my issue here, here now. Because, uh, all right. May the Holy Spirit say the rest. You can say it all. Yeah. In the Lord himself who is interested in marriage, make all things mm -hmm. and make it what you will propose it to be in the beginning of beginnings in Jesus. Amen. Now, I wanted to go to Marrying too young. It's not about age. Oh. You can be 15 years and not be ready for marriage. Oh, sorry. Uh, I wanted to, I, I'm going to another point, which is marrying too young. One may be 50 years chronologically and yet too young in the heart. And one may be chronologically young in terms of you're, you are in the teens and you go into marriage. Either your heart is too young, you don't know anything about marriage, you are, you are advanced in age yet you go into it, it will still bog down to the same thing. Especially when you are in your teens and maybe because you're pregnant you go into marriage. Hey, it can break the fence. You know why? 
When you're too young in marriage, you know you don't know anything about life yet. You don't know anything about marriage, what it entails. You are still, you know, at different stages of growth. There are certain characteristics and traits uh, and traits that attend that stage. So by the time you marry too young, maybe to somebody about nine years difference, your 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 growth your growth stage are different, and uh, the traits that attend your your stage will be different. These are the breaking marriages. These are the breaking fences. The, 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 the younger in age will be too ignorant to know what it entails in marriage, and the older will be expecting too much from the younger. That, that will create a gap. That will create a gap. And before you know it, what, what interests the younger will not interest the older. And before, before long, they are growing apart because of differences in interest, differences in activities. As this one goes this way because of the activity it's interested in, that one goes that way when the gap in age is too much. Goes that way. Um, as, they, as that one continues, this one that goes this way finds somebody about the same age, having the same interest, and interested in the same activity. Before you know it, if an infidelity is coming in. And this one too, the younger age that went to the left side, because of her interest that's different from the other one, finds somebody about the same age, having the same interest, uh, involved in the same activity. They, they, they are emotionally getting closer and closer. Before you know it, infidelity comes in. So what I'm saying in essence is that at your team, wait a bit, be patient a bit. If you must marry at 18, 19, 20, let the older sit you down and tell you what marriage is, especially the spiritual counselor. Many of us made this mistake and did not make success of that marriage. It was Blattered, it was scattered, it was so mad that the fence totally collapsed. So, what I'm saying is this if you must marry in your team, because what I've discovered is that I've been a teacher for over 30 years. Those young ones in secondary school that befriend each other, because eventually, by the time they grow older, they discover that infatuation gives way and the real situation of life setting mm. to set them apart from each other. Mm. So, my advice, I don't want to believe anything, my advice, if you must marry somebody that has, if there must be too wide gap between you and your spouse, there, there is, there's, you, it needs attention. It needs serious counseling, if it must be. But if it can be avoided, the better. And God that says, this is your bone. And the wife prays and says, yes, you are his bone. That's the best way to go into marriage.
Because over time, and even in research, when there are too many years in between, the, the, the rate at which the, the growing pattern and the traits that are attained each stage differs. And therefore, they go, they go apart somehow, somehow, even in the marriage. You have your friend somewhere. She has her friend somewhere because of that. And before you know it, the friend doesn't only crack, but it breaks. So please, if you must marry in your two teenagers marry is not wife. They, this is not wise enough. They don't have any experience. But if you must marry, even the two of you in it's your teens, even the two of you in your teens and your your parents are, are, are agreeing, let spiritual people open your eyes to the world of marriage, what it entails. Then you'll be able to take your decision. Am I ready? Because if your mind is not ready for marriage and you go into it, there's no way defense will not collapse. There's no way. Your mind must be ready to bear children. Your mind must be ready to go through the torture, the agony, whatever it takes to wake up in the night, to change purpose, to do this and that, to carry the pregnancy, to go through the labor, the husband, to take the responsibility of financing many things, Doing anything. If, you're, if you don't know anything to marriage, wisdom says go to the spiritual people that will even add Bible to it and open your eyes to the world, another world you are going to. Because marriage is another world. Another spiritual world entirely. So know as much as possible about marriage and make sure you are prepared in your mind that you are ready in your mind before you go into it. Or else, you have laid the foundation for a cracking and broken uh, relationship even before you start. Because the, the rate, the, the, the growing pattern, you know, will be different. And the interest of the activity will be different. Before you know it, you are attracted to another person, and that is infidelity. And when infidelity is very certain, oh God, <laughs> to mend that marriage, it takes God. So God bless you. My advice is that be matured in mind. Be ready in mind before you go into marriage. And if you can avoid too many gaps in age, because your, your spouse is supposed to be your friend. We have seen cases, I'm talking out of experience, that you'll be playing with your spouse and you think you are insulting him. How dare you touch my head like that? Don't you know I'm your, I'm your elder? You know, <laughs> something like that. And the younger one is enthusiasm, you know, this kind of uh, youthful exuberance. I want to touch the head of my friend. I want to touch the leg of my friend. And the other one says, what an insult. Ah, before, before already the defense is already cracking. And <laughs> you are creating a gap already. So if you, it, it is an advice. Know everything about marriage. Go for counseling when you think you, are, you have met a boyfriend that you think you love. Because many of the things we called love in the past, we found that later, later, even with our fee, our anointing overflowing, that it was lost. <laughs> we call it love, but it was lost. We call it love, but it was just mere infatuation. And that will not carry marriage too long. So, my advice, to marry too young is not advisable, especially when you don't know the nitty-gritty and what it takes 
what marriage entails. It's not advisable to go because readiness is of the mind. To be able to do, to be able to be involved in certain things, marriage, your mind has to be ready. It's one thing to be to be matured biologically. Because by the time you start your menses as a woman, by the time you're producing sperm as a man, at the teen, very early teen age, you are biologically ready to impregnate. You are biologically ready to carry a baby in the womb. But are you matured enough to stand the rigors of marriage? Are you matured enough to take the responsibility in marriage? Are you matured enough to, to handle emotional things that will come in marriage. That's another case on its own. So biological maturity is not enough. So you have to go to, uh, I love this boy, I want to marry him. My parents are not against it. At your teen, oh God, seek for spiritual. In fact, you're fornicating. Yeah, it's fornication. Eh? Even when the parents don't see anything wrong in him, because some are, some, some are illiterate. Oh, my, my child has brought, her, brought in a husband. Ah, he, the husband loves her. They don't know anything. You know that's hearing this. Please, let spiritual counselors counsel you. Let them open your eyes to the world of marriage and everything packaged in it. And go back home and consider, am I ready for this? If your mind is not ready, don't go into it. And when... Black Badger, come here and help me do this. And he will laugh over it. If you, if you tell somebody that is, that is far apart from you in age, he will say, what an insult. How, how, how dare you turn me to your tomboy? Whereas everything should be done together, even in laughter, jocularly. So please, not, not married too young or not ready in mind to go to whatever marriage entails, break the fence okay because the, you will not be able to share common interest because your interests are not even common you will not be able you have different life goals and you view things in different ways different perspectives always before you know it the other is withdrawing because things are not common among you and there will be feeling of isolation feeling of loneliness and the other one will be drawn to Another one that uh, which ought not to be your husband should be your best friend, your wife should be your best friend. So, what I'm saying in essence is this you should be ready not only biologically, emotionally, financially, psychologically, physiologically before you think about it. and your mind must be ready. Aside that, when you are too young, you see. There are some preparations that, that have to come before marriage. Like the woman has to balance between her work and her kitchen. Balance between her work and the taking care of the home generally. And the wife too, uh, the husband too must balance his, his, his work with her. Thing you ought to help the wife to do in the home, especially when the, the physical preparations in the mind. So, if you are not ready, for example, for somebody that doesn't know how to maintain the home, you don't know that there are certain things you should put in place in the home before you go to work. 
And when you come back, you have to do home maintenance. You don't learn about it. You don't ask people about it. You just go into marriage. You're already breaking the fence before that marriage starts. Then there are certain things you have to discuss during courtship. Not just going to going to restaurant to eat, going to history to eat, going to zoo to play. This is what young people are doing when they say they are cutting. You have to have sit down and have serious talk and prepare well before your marriage. For example, conversation about if this happens, what do we do? If that happens, what do we do? Should come in courtship. That is part of preparation before marriage. In order to prevent breaking of marriage. In order to prevent fence breaking yeah. after the marriage. Uh, you, you, you talk about, you, have, you, you, you set your goals concerning when the children are around in the marriage. How, what roles are you playing? What roles are you playing? How do you help here? How do you help that? You set to it about the careers. That of the wife may be more demanding than the husband. How do you, how do you, how do you correlate homemaking, home management with the children with that demanding career of the wife or the husband? These are things you ought to settle. The spouse roles. Is it the only, only the wife that should always be in the kitchen? Is it the only the man that should be taking the children to, 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 uh, to school? You know, these are spouse roles. And uh, there's one thing we should know here. The, the, we should not be too rigid about the partner's roles in the house. These things should flow in love. By tradition, the woman must cook, she must sweep, she must do this, she must do that. But where there is love, anybody can do anything. The woman can carry the responsibility in finances where there is love. And the husband can help to watch the children's wears. That's one thing about my former partner. In fact, he never allowed that we, 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 we had... A, a, a maid. Whatever I do, and I say I'm tired, he will take it off. Be it cooking, housekeeping, whatever. But that doesn't mean that the wife should not balance between her work and house maintenance. These are the things we should learn. For example, if I'm, if I'm trained in my background with using electric cooker only, so easy, just put it on, brrr, because we always have light in our house. I'm from a rich family. You should not expect too much in your marriage because things may not go the way it was when you were being brought up. How do you manage the new situation? These are the things to consider before marriage. Or else you break the marriage fence. For example, I'm used to electric cooker all the time because we always have lights. There are some parts of Nigeria, life will never go for once. So it is electric cooker, switch it on, cook, switch it off. But in some parts where they don't have light and they have been buying uh, gas, gas, gas. When the gas finishes, what is the next thing? Firewood or coal? How do you now change? So that because you want to, we have discussed that you should be committed. You should do everything to make your marriage work. And you must eat in that house. No light, gas has finished. You have not received your pay. So at least nobody will eat in the house or you go out to the eatery. No. 
you have to change over to firewood or coal. Somebody that will be using electric cooker, that when you are going to marriage, you must know how to make coal, how to arrange firewood to burn. So that as situation is changing, you are climatizing, you are adjusting, and your marriage is working. No condition will be permanent because you'll be praying. But when it comes suddenly, it doesn't mean the, the fence will collapse immediately. Ah, I'm, I'm not brought up this way. Oh. I cannot use coal. Oh. I cannot use firewood. Oh. You are already breaking it. And it's an assignment in your hand. God will ask you. Because God, everything is not on the bed of roses. Do you know that when the blender is not working in Africa, you must know how to use the, the stone to grind pepper? These are the things you must prepare for when you are going to marry. Because you don't know the kind of husband you marry, and it may not be like the rich place they have brought you up, when the light is always on and your grinder is always ready. So, preparation before marriage is very, very important. Trying to see things, foresee things, having foresight. In case it is not like this, what will I do? Or what will you do? These, these things are settled in courtship. So, God bless you. So that you are not the one breaking the fence. If you say, okay, my dear, okay, if, even if it is only the little pepper to prepare, like in Africa now, even if it is only the little pepper to make, to, to make our, 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 what, um, our egg, kindly grind it or chop it on there. Say, I've never touched stone before, therefore, it is better we fast today. You are breaking your fence. You must be able to adjust. Okay, there are manual, there are manual choppers. In case you don't have money at that time to buy that chopper, what happens? You will not eat. So there are a lot of preparation that comes in before you go into that marriage. And you are ready to change as situation changes to, to keep that marriage. That is commitment and dedication in marriage for you. As a ministry of God in your hand that you, 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 you account for. So aside marriage too young and readiness in mind, even when you are matured, you must be adequately prepared before you go into marriage. And you will not pray for it, but everything is not bed of roses all the time. When situation changes, you change with it to keep the home, to keep the marriage fence fortified, and to keep everybody intact. God bless you. Now, let's quickly go to domestic violence breaks the fence of marriage actually if if christians now beat each other or the husband beats the wife the devil is already the father-in-law sitting on the throne in that in those on those hearts or in the home <laughs> the lord will help us Amen. by the time you are not you are you know you are not able to control your anger you start to beat your wife or start to raise uh, uh, rain abusive languages upon your husband. That is domestic violence. Not until somebody beats someone. Words that are caustic, that can break the heart more than the mortar that is landed on his heart. <laughs> that is domestic violence. So what do we do in that case? If it is persistent, why not separate and find yourself with Christ? When you now realize how valuable you are to each other, then you can come back. 
if God, if that's where God wants it to be. Because if domestic violence continues, death may even occur. And that may be too bad. If it has already collapsed the marriage fence, if only you'll be wives. And sit down and think. Jesus can still be invited to correct the incorrigible. Jesus can still be invited to correct the incorrigible. But most of the time, if you look inward, there are certain things that, that, that cause this domestic violence, like somebody taking charge over the power in the house. The other one is a... Uh, the other one is, is treated as a subordinate, somebody irrelevant, not, not having, not somebody whose idea should not be taken, somebody is significant, not to be respected, and it also results from persistent, persistent blaming. Never see anything good in the other partner. Always blaming, intimidating the other one, manipulation of any kind, Huh? You separate yourself as if you are not the type I should cope with, I should, I, I, should, I should talk with. Eventually, by the time the, 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 the stupid, docile sheep turned around, then there will be violence. It could be from the other side. He or she have been tolerating your, 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 your abusive ISSs, abitalating your, your, your oppressive NATO, be it woman or man. You're, you're lag, always nagging, nagging, finding fault, blaming, shouting. <clears throat> the day he, 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 he turned around or she turned around to, to retaliate, then there's problem. So what is the advice? Let the other one that is always finding fault look inward. Are you perfect? Don't you know, even if you're a man, Let's let's see something. Let's see Ephesians. We have not been talking Bible. Let's ju let's just look at something in the Bible. Uh, okay, I want to round up today. God will help me. Ephesians five twenty one. If you are a man and you think your Eve Eve is in trouble, she is forever to be oppressed because after all, she was the one commanded Ephesians five twenty two to submit, 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 submit. Do you know you were commanded in verse 21, even before 22, to submit yourself one to another in the fear of God? That is, as the wife submits, the husband also, also submits to make a good marriage. In the fear of God, you are not submitting to that, to her, uh, 521. You are submitting to God in the fear of God to make that marriage God, because God is interested in that marriage. And when there is argument, yes, it is the wife that will first of all keep quiet. That is what, what 22 is saying. But in terms of respecting each other, regarding giving honor to the other, uh, that is a, let's see, Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Esteem your wife better than you. It's an abomination to some people as they are hearing it. Their ears are itching them. But this is the command of the Lord. He that has the authority is commanding you in his word by the Holy Spirit. That you esteem your wife better than you. You esteem your husband better than you. Give him the, the higher honor. Give us the higher honor. 
It is unto the Lord that you are obeying this command. And you receive your reward from him. Some people, it's an abomination to esteem the wife above him. And that is why there's chaos and domestic violence at times. So, taking dominion over power. The other one is, there's nothing he or she says that carries substance. That is, everything is irresistible, foolish. They also, also the, the man, if not for Kinika, will I have married you? What do you have? It's like, hey, the mouth is sharper than two-edged sword. That is why there is, most of the time, there's domestic violence. Let everyone look inward and see that mean home as a ministry. And your husband as a ministry. Your Himself. When there is violence in the home and you are beating your wife, you are beating yourself, you are defiling yourself, you are nailing yourself to the For no man ever yet hated his own flesh but nourish it and cherishes it. If your wife is you, to yourself, do unto him, do unto her. Whatever you cannot do unto yourself, don't do it on him, don't do it unto her. If somebody should release caustic words, against you and you see it as venom of serpent going through your mind to scatter your mind to break your heart then don't so treat him as you want to treat yourself cherish each other nurture each other help each other his flesh and his bones so see the likeness of in the man and respect it the likeness of god see the likeness of the woman and respect it Domestic violence will have no way if you can be able to consider these admonitions. On this, you want to say something? Yes, on this issue of domestic violence, uh, it's a serious matter. Uh, we, we have been talking about being spiritual in marriage, both of you, but the moment there is this violence, what is, called, what is really called violence? Let's just check it first. Violence. Violence is of hell. Violence is like taking harm against your partner. Violence is like even if you see gone, you can shoot your partner. You already is that is that marriage? Any marriage where there is violence, any marriage where there is constant violence, I want to advise, I have the authority of God for that, to say it. You better quit before you die. Yes. If there is violence in your marriage, if you are not the one, because I know this one of you that must be at Libya, maybe stubborn than another. So if you are the one that is gentle type, save your head. Save your head. 
I have one daughter. I have one daughter. One day, her husband called me and said, "Come and take your part. Come and take your child. Oh, I'm feeling as if I should kill her. Oh, I'm feeling as if I should destroy her. I should waste her. When she that was the language she used. I should waste her." And they, when they got married, they, they did not consult God. Amen. You see? And violence, quarreling, disagreement, bitterness, hatred, whenever that is there in the marriage. Hallelujah. Then you have to quit. Let me tell you what God did after that, after all. We were praying for this. Uh, for this her husband to be born again to be saved she had she was she was praying also she prayed a lot she prayed a lot and fast yet they have children it got to times that even the children wanted to leave their father wanted their father and their, their mother and to, to leave their father because they were afraid that one day their father will do what we kill their mother so the, my daughter who said no 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 she will not leave her he will not leave it because she don't want to repeat uh, all this uh, whatever i said well it is good it is okay it is okay praise the lord until one day nobody advised her nobody cancelled her she called she said she felt she should leave i said no 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 don't feel as to, as to leave ask the lord did the lord want you to leave because you have been praying for her, for him, together. If the Lord wants you to leave, then you can leave. I didn't pick her call after she called after that time. I didn't. Later, when she talked, she said she talked of leaving the place, leaving the man alone because of domestic, domestic violence. I went to the Lord. Lord, what can we do about your daughter? I heard the voice from the Lord after in prayer. Let her come to me here, where I am. That is where I, where I, the Father is. Praise the Lord. Let her come to me where I am. Do you know what I, what happened? She came after that because I had the commandment of the Lord. And you be thinking that maybe the Lord hated that man, or the Lord, the Lord him. Can the Lord dissolve marriage? The Lord can dissolve marriage. Any marriage that is that is what. That is not fulfilling divine purpose. I have told you several times in one of my, my messages how the Lord spoke to me about my own personal marriage, my own former marriage in the past. Very past. What I'm talking about is more than 25 years or now. More than 20. I, I think I think if you, you don't be thinking about the maybe it's of recent. No, 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 it's not recent at all. So I'm talking about 25 years ago or more. Now, what am I saying? So after I've told you that the Lord, the Lord Himself was the one who dissolved it. And I wanted to come back, to go back, even to that troublesome marriage. I have said it today again. So the Lord, I just want to want you to know what the Lord said. The Lord said, marriage is made for my purpose. Any marriage that does not serve my purpose, I God deserve the right to put it asunder. God dissolves marriage. Religion can tie you to marriage of violence. If you die with it, maybe the Lord, the Lord will ask your pastor, why do you allow your daughter, my, my daughter to be killed by his wife? You, so you pastors also, by husband or by whatever. 
so you pastors that are tying the spouse together and say that because of whatever you can't you can't leave him you can't leave her let her let him kill you oh, wow may the lord may the lord in jesus name for the case of my daughter was the, the lord said let her come to me she meant the lord even mentioned her name that was the day i know the name that she's bearing before god let so 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 person come to me and she came do you know what that she's praying better here now there with, with the lord to that to that spouse amen and the spouse now had been softened he too comes she came to beg she came to do that he came to sorry he came to beg and uh, she uh, but yet he has not he has i do that the moment you have the lord jesus christ ruling and reigning in your life amen that is only what we need we want to marry christ my daughter want to marry christ in any man starting from you amen praise the lord the, my daughter want to want to marry jesus christ in only in any man so like i told youths those them sometimes one of our message that if you want to marry just has the lord lord i want to marry a will marry you in any woman or in any man that I want to marry. Please, don't give me anyone that, that is not... That means that provided you to you have Christ in you. If you have Christ in you and you are, you are already saved, that is when you can, God can answer that prayer quickly. So the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, in, on the issue of that violence in marriage, I want to say it again. If there is any marriage, there is no marriage that should be violent. So, if you are, if, 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 it means that you have married your enemy. Both of you are enemies to one another. It's a mistake. You better quit immediately before you die. The Lord will help you. So you can be sorting yourself out after you leave. Even if you think the person is giving you everything you need in life, then you will go and rip the, hit the remnant in hell after you are killed. Because God will not say you are the one. Well, maybe God can pardon you after he has killed you. But whatever. May the Lord help you. May, may the Lord help you out of that kind of violence of marriage, uh, in Jesus' name. Please round up, my dear. So they we, have, we also have financial problems to break the fences. You know, in many traditions, especially in our Africa here, yeah, I don't know what is operating in other places. We believe the man should take financial responsibility the higher. But listen. <laughs> okay, continue. But listen. Man, the man, especially the Christian es marriage, the man, the man is given is an assignment to keep the marriage garden with everything he has, no problem. But the helpmate has a higher responsibility because the helpmate, which is the woman, is the perfection of God of the of the mistaken and uh, mistake mistakenly made Adam. It is not good. For Adam to be alone. That thing that is not good in Adam is in him. So, culture says the man should always bring money, 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 money. But the Bible says everything you can use, including money, and every, even your life, your blood, to help Adam keep the garden is unto God. Have I spoken? So, you may be the one carrying the, the larger part of the financial responsibility. That should not break any fence. You are only carrying out the assignment of help meet. God is the help in time of trouble. If you are not the help to make that marriage work, you are doing the work of God and you'll be rewarded by God. 
So forget about tradition. Follow the injunction of the Holy Spirit. If God has given you the power to take over the financial uh, responsibility in the home, receive grace to do it with joy, as even to the Lord, not unto your children or unto your husband. Amen. God bless you. Some other thing. May the Lord make us to be do that. Amen. 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 Maturity, maturity of uh, uh, you understand. Maturity can only settle that issue. That is your financial superiority in marriage. If one is, is, is financially superior to one another and uh, the person that is superior is not mature, he will spoil the show. But whatever it is, that's why we are, we are advocating the issue or the matter that uh, to get before you get married, you must have God. You must, you must, eh? What? You say what? You must have Jesus. <laughs> you must have Jesus ruling in your in your life. He will control you. He will give you the necessary humility, necessary uh, um, uh, submission, even to God. It is easier for, for the husband to be superior in finances and there will be no problem. For women, it is not superior. But if the Lord gives... It is give, not easy. It's not easy, sorry. So, but if the Lord gave the wife the superiority financially, the wife must submit. One day, the Lord told, <laughs> oh God, uh, for you to know how God wants the, the man to be superior over the woman in finances. There is, do I say it? Uh, praise that. Okay, whatever. Praise the Lord. I have a, I have a family who the wife is earning fat salary, and the husband is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a servant of God who is working for Christ full time. And what happened? One day, the woman said, "The Lord asked her to leave that business and to leave that work." Eh? So, uh, 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 and uh, uh, later, she wanted to do it, to leave the work and join her husband full time. Eh? So, she, she took the step because she's a rich child of the Lord. See, she's a rich child of the Lord and she always obeyed the Lord whenever the Lord speaks. So, she went to do what? To, and the husband also was crying unto the Lord, Lord, why do you want my spouse to leave our business? Hi, well, Lord, what? The Lord said, come on, shut up. And the Lord shouted, and then he, he asked her. The woman went and do what? And, and, read, and, and, and wrote a letter of uh, disengagement from work, huh? according to what the Lord wanted her to do. So after that, the same husband was the one who Called the husband. Who called the woman? Are you an, uh, the Lord, because the Lord has spoken to the man. I said, cause uh, ask her to withdraw that letter, ne not to, not to give it anymore, or to withdraw it rather. Already she has laid down the word, the, the, I mean, the what the letter to his uh, to his boss, to her boss rather. So then the Lord asked the uh, asked the asked the man to tell him, tell her not to do it anymore. I only want to test him his word. Is our submission, our surrenderness. Whether so, she will give me that best of her job that is what this is she's doing. Whether she'll be able to give it to me or not. And do you know she had already laid down the I mean the, the letter 
and they have already been looking for another person to replace her. Even some other people have been working to replace her. Then she have to run back to the place, I mean, <laughs> to the boss. So because the Lord said she has passed the test of obedience that he put, he, he put her in. So now, do you, want, do you know what the Lord did that, in, that, in that area? They say, it's another long, another long story. The Lord even gave, it, gave the victory of getting back to the place of work. Because it was the Lord, it was because he obeyed the Lord. Now why? When I asked the Lord, why did the Lord do that? The Lord said, I, I, the Lord said why, did, why did the Lord want her to do that? The Lord said, I want to possess her work. So that she will, not, she, will, she will know that everything that he has is mine. So if it is mine, if he has given it to, my, to me, then it is for you also the husband. So things that is, his, uh, that is our own, cannot I cannot use it successfully until she gives it to me. When she gives it to me, it has become mine. The business has become mine. I have taken it. So I can now use it also to do my work. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, because He has been, He has sanctified the work to me, so I can use it successfully. I can; it's mine now. So, you see, it takes spirituality and fullness. I mean, and what being filled with the Holy Spirit to understand all this kind of trend. I only told you that example that the Lord Himself won the woman. He want to rule the business of the woman and the whatever the woman is doing, and sanctify the finances for the family. For the two of them. So that it should not be that the man is under the decision financially of the, of the woman. She will be, the, both of them will be under God. Hallelujah. Then what they have will be sanctified by the Lord. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, Let me just mention some other points. Omit, omit, omit. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, our time is fast and I wish we finish up today, sir. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. All right. Okay. So I just, so I just want to mention conflict about the domestic. Hallelujah. Amen in Jesus' name. Our time is fast spent. We are rounding up now. By the grace of the Lord, anything that remains, we are going to finish it next week. Uh, we are not rushing anywhere. You can join us again next week. To, to, to know more. This is the school of wisdom in marriage. And if you attend it always, the Lord will mature you. The Lord will grow your marriage. The Lord will bless your marriage. This is what we are sent to do. And uh, as we are doing it, we believe the Lord himself, who has sent us, will nurture all the lessons that we have been learning. So next week, by the grace of the Lord, we want to continue we still have some items. How many items there? Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. You still have. No. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. By the grace of family support. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe maybe we will leave that to next season. Praise the Lord. Because by by this time next week we want to begin to delve into how to uh, from next week. By the grace of the Lord, I just received the topic today while she was praying. praying how to fortify the defense of marriage guarding. How to fortify it. Praise the Lord. Uh, of course, we say it along what we are saying, but we want to say it maybe one episode. And then, how to fortify the defense of marriage. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. We want to, to make it strong. And, 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 and uh, So, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. If the Lord did not change that topic, that's what we are going to, we are going to have next week. 
except the Lord give us another thing next week. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I want us to pray right now. I want us to pray, Lord, for marriages. We want to pray for marriage. Lord God Almighty, marriage is made for you to pay you and to serve you. Lord, help the marriage. Help us in marriages. That, Lord, you will be the first person to consider as we ent- before we enter, as we enter, and why we are there in the marriage. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. That you will be the superior being. You will be the only man, the only God, the only king, the only power and authority in our marriage in the name of Jesus. Lord, take over our marriages in the name of Jesus. Nurture our marriage by your blood in the name of Jesus. Let your grace, O God, come upon us in Jesus' name. Lord, help us in our marriage in the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to pray that prayer. Let's continue to pray. Receive grace in the name of Jesus to do your will in our marriages in the name of Jesus. Help us, O Lord, help us, O Lord, to be the doers of your word in the name of Jesus. Help us, O Lord. Apostle Lord, 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 in the name of Jesus, Apostle Lord, not minding the challenges in it, not minding that there's finances or not. Amen. Amen. Please, Amen. Amen. Continue, continue that prayer. Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. The speaker, the hearers, will receive grace to be the doer yeah. of this word. The flesh cannot do it. Yes. As it is easy for man to take financial responsibility. It is not usually in the world of the web tradition. But want to do your will. Yes. Want, want to do your will. Yes. yes. Receive grace at the throne of grace now. Mm-hmm. To do what we alone cannot do, as well as the female, yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is not easy for the man to forego his ego and always respect the idea of the woman. But Lord, since you are demanding that we submit in the fear of God, according to Ephesians 5 21, men want to obey. The flesh that doesn't want to obey will surrender. I think your prayer with me. Yes. We surrender the flesh that carries the ego. To be crucified, to be crucified with all its desires, with all its oppressive nature, with all the guards that it usually put up to defend its own idea to stay. Lord, we surrender the flesh. It's not easy for the woman to, to want to take financial responsibility, but we want to do everything as a helpmate taking the duty of God, because God is the helper of the helpless. We want to help the man in all ways to make him comfortable, to be able to perform his duty of tending the garden of marriage to to, to a successful end. We may spend our blood, we may spend our money, spend our life, everything in us. We want to see it as if want to go. Yes. We want to see it as a ministry. Yes. But the flesh is not agreeing. Yes. We submit ourselves Amen. to be crucified. Amen. We die to the flesh. Amen. Let the spirit 
Let us be quickened by your spirit Amen. and cause us to walk in the spirit. Amen. Give us the grace to do what we alone cannot do, Lord. And every area where the female find it difficult to heed these admonitions, yes, Lord. give us the grace Amen. as we submit our flesh to Amen. be crucified. Where the men in the house find it difficult to heed these admonitions, we so on their behalf we submit their flesh. Amen. To be crucified Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus Amen. Christ. Lord, the flesh cannot obey your commandment according to Romans 8. Yes. No, it will not bow to it. But let our flesh be crucified. Amen. Let our, marriage is spiritual. Those in the flesh cannot manage marriage mm. to be successful. Yet it's assignment that we account for on the reckoning day. Lord, we want to do your will. We want to do your will. We receive grace. Male and female in your likeness want to please you in the marriage. We want to see it as ministry. We want to be dedicated and committed. We want to do everything to be able to do your will. We receive help and grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You, beyond our asking, imagination, you will do beyond according because of the power in us. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can continue to pray. The Lord will help us. Amen. Bye for now. God bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Download our message. God bless you for those of you that, that, that join us. Aggie, Juliet, Maria Pais, Nancy Favor, Abong. Yes, God bless you, all of you in the name of Jesus that join us. And then next week, we want to have you again in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Bye for now. Amen. Hallelujah.